Welcome to Holy Spontaneity. It's Cameron and Karen, and we're on a journey to find the Lord in the little moments of every day. So join us on an adventure of holy, spontaneous faith in otherwise normal lives. We're so glad you're here. All right, testing one, two. Um, well, this is not Karen and Cameron. Surprise, surprise. I'm sure y'all just can't tell by our voices alone. Yeah. <laughs> Some There's like that one person out there who's just like, this is not who I'm used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I'm Galen. And I'm Wyatt. And, um... I've been on the show before. Yeah, they should recognize your voice if they've listened to everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was on the second episode. Oh, yeah, that was the second one. I believe this is your first time. Yeah, I yeah I, they wanted me on the second one as well, but I was unable to make it because I yeah. had prior commitments. So, um, for those who don't know, I am Karen's older brother. I'm uh, I'm Galen. I'm also a student at A and M. Um, I go to St. Mary's. I'm the Grand Knight of the Knights of Columbus. Um, used to play football for AM. Now I'm just trying my best to be a devout Catholic. Yeah. Uh, I'm, again, Wyatt. I'm Karen's boyfriend. I recently graduated uh, from AM and now I'm working as manager for a uh, lab in Houston. And, yeah, I mean, I'm the lecturer for the Knights of Columbus Council, and same as him, just trying to live out being a devout Catholic uh, through the lens of being a man. Yep. Key word there is trying. Yep. Exactly. We're all works in progress. Yeah. So we kind of are ripping off another Catholic podcast by uh, drinking on the episode. Um, We both have nice tall glasses of beer here. Um, Very good beer. What are you drinking? What? Did I not tell you the name? You didn't tell me the name. No. <laughs> I'm drinking something that tastes good. That's about as far as I care. So that is uh, that is community, Texas style Bach. Um, I'm a fan. Of, I'm a fan of Bach beer. I really like Bach beer. Um, as well. The darker beers, I like those. I, I never got around to. I, I never. I tried a couple IPAs and kind of the hoppier stuff. I never liked it. Yeah, same. Yeah. It's just, it's weird. It's, it's too fruity for my taste. Um, but yeah, you're drinking this stuff I found uh, a couple weeks ago called Community Texas Style Bach. It's uh, new, and I'm very happy that they uh, started selling it here at a store that I can find it. And um, I'm drinking what's called a Pauliner Doppelbach. Um, it's got its roots in... Germany, I think, made by the... Definitely sounds like it. <laughs> yeah, made by the uh, German monks there. It is uh, very malty, and I like it. So if the Catholic Manchel guys hear this, um, I believe imitation is the greatest form of flattery. That's what I've heard. Yeah, so <laughs> we're not copying, we are showing honor. We're taking inspiration. Exactly, us. yeah, we're just, we're looking up to people we respect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So we um, kind of got talked into this. Um, yes. I think originally it was supposed to be uh, all four of us together, and mm-hmm. then it was just kind of decided that maybe we should take over an episode. Yes, that is 
indeed what Cameron and Karen decided. Yeah, so congratulations. You guys get to hear us talk for an hour. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I believe we decided to talk about the idea of, I don't know what we should call it, adventurous Catholic. The hero's adventure through the lens of Catholicism, I guess would be one way to put it. Very, that's better title than I came up with. (laughs) Very good. So, a hero's journey in the eyes of Catholicism. What does that mean? Yeah. Um, I guess I can give my definition, and mm-hmm. you can do it. So, I kind of this is a topic that I've been I've been thinking of a lot lately, and I guess you can originally start from like you think of the Book of Exodus, right, where you have the Jews who are trapped in Egypt, you know, in slavery, and they're not able to worship as well as God would like them to. So, God takes them out of Egypt into the desert for forty years, where they fall a countless number of times and they learn the virtues um, you know through the challenges that God puts them through eventually they can come into their own place where they're better able to serve and I kind of noticed that this is kind of a theme in most of our pop culture um, stories today where you basically have you know the protagonist or the hero who starts where they don't want to be they go on this big long challenging journey to get to a better place and so um, I just kind of thought, I, I kind of started putting two and two together when I was reading this biography of G.K. Chesterton, and I was very intrigued when the author would write that Chesterton was very, very imaginative. I think there was a line in that book that said that every time Chesterton engaged in a debate, it felt like to him he was fighting a dragon or something. And that never really made sense. And it kind of clicked for me a couple of days ago. Um, I started getting, I started reading a book by uh, Ernest Hemingway um, called a, what's the book called? I've been reading it, so I should know what it's called. It's called um, A Feral to Arms, right? There you go. And um, you read about Hemingway and, you know, he does all these things in his life. And one of the things he's done is, you know, he outfitted his fishing boat to hunt German U-boats. And mm-hmm. uh, that's pretty it's pretty manly. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's like... Not many people would think to do that. Either. Yeah, drives an ambulance on the front of World War II, hunts U-boats in a fishing boat. It's like, man, you know, can't really get much more uh, outgoing than that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it, I think every guy, most of us desire to do something like that. But when you put it in the context of how can you live your life that way, and then you think back to Exodus and that journey you're supposed to go on, that you know maybe you're not going out fighting, you know, German U-boats in your fishing boat, but maybe you are trying to fight sin in your own life in that same way. Yeah. If any of that makes sense. No, I mean it definitely makes sense. Uh, I mean, oftentimes. Like, even when you were talking about Chesterton with the fighting a dragon thing, a lot of times um, there are people that use dragon as a, I don't think a euphemism is necessarily the right word, but metaphor like, metaphor for Satan, even. Um, and, like, it's one of the reasons why, like, the rosary is described as a spiritual weapon, because yeah. we are in a constant battle. Yeah. And I think it's it's kind of a sad thing that that language 
has kind of been put aside in recent years. Yeah. You know, because we are in a battle. Mm-hmm. As Catholics, you are basically in a battle 24-7. It seems like in today's culture, especially with all the Protestant movements, it's like everything's okay. All you gotta do, <laughs> gotta do is love God. Which, yes, that's the base part of it, but like you see all around in Scripture where it says there is a, there's a, the devil is prowling around like a lion roaring, waiting to get at you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and there is, like, warfare language in Scripture where it kind of talks about, you know, put on the armor of God. That is very militaristic language and stuff that you should take seriously. Yeah, and I'm trying to find who said this very quickly. You're good. Give me time to drink beer. <laughs> Uh, it was Pope Francis. So, Pope Francis, yes. Uh, I I just remembered that... I remembered where I saw the quote, which was in um, Bishop Olmsted's End of the Breach. But he quotes Pope Francis as describing the church as a field hospital after battle. Which, it's just, if you... And he goes into reminding us that we are in this constant battle against sin and the devil and to think of it otherwise is foolish you can't just ignore something and hope that it will go away and we need the you know faith to go back to and remind us not just why we're doing it but how we can do it and how we can succeed yeah yeah and especially when you like put this militaristic language into this conversation of life that we're having, it, it puts a bigger emphasis on how important this stuff is. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not like Catholicism is just like a lifestyle or it's just like, oh yeah, I pray the rosary just mm-hmm. to, you know, feel good. It's like, no, like there is there is a there is good and evil in yes. this world. And they are constantly at war. Mm-hmm. You know, we have guardian angels to guard us and you can't guard something from nothing, right? Yeah. In order to guard something, there has to be something that wants to put harm to that thing of which you are guarding. Exactly. So, there's a guardian angel interceding for you. You have St. Joseph, who is the terror of demons. That's you know, the coolest title. That is the coolest <laughs> title. You know, he's, you know, actually, this is kind of a side note, but I, like, he's listed as guardian of the virgin, and mm-hmm. also his second title is guardian of virgins. Mm-hmm. So he is guardian of the virgin, yes. Mary, and virgin. So it's like, mm-hmm. he's so good at guarding virgins. <laughs> he said that all twice. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, yeah no. Um, we have this language of just, you know, the saints, please, please intercede for us because, you know, there are always there's always evil out there trying to get to us, you know? And so, what do you think? Uh, I mean, I think, obviously, we we need to remain diligent, but kind of going back to the hero's journey within the Bible itself, it it actually wasn't until I was talking to Galen about this and he brought that up with Exodus that I started thinking about it. It's like, oh yeah, like, everything in the Bible even follows it. It's not even just Exodus. Everything, like, with Jonah and the whale, uh, Jonah was somewhere he didn't want to be, and he thought he knew where he wanted to go, uh, so he started pursuing it, and through the ordeal uh, that God put him through, because he was being disobedient, uh, he figured out 
that's not where he was needed, it's not where he needed to go, and that, um, not, like, and where he ended up, not even just, like, oh, at the end of this journey, everything will be hunky-dory, we've, you know, reached, um, like, just blessing on blessing, it's like, the, sometimes even just the end of the journey is being where you are needed and can do good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, now that we've scared everybody, <laughs> how do we fight? Yes. Yeah. Well, you can basically look, in my opinion, at any single, like, classic hero's journey, which mm-hmm. to me, the first one that comes to my mind is Lord of the Rings, because that is the most Catholic yes. story ever. Um, what did they do? Well, they, eventually they had to leave their quiet home, mm-hmm. like they did in Exodus, right? Yeah. And they had to go and actually confront the evil that was. Um, yep. with them mm-hmm. you know but they didn't do it alone as you remember they had Gandalf there who's basically I believe in Lord of the Rings lore is basically an angel yeah right so like that. you don't want to <laughs> do it alone but you always want to be able to pray with the saints and to God that he may give you the grace to kind of see through it you know and I think a deeper kind of conversation is, is not just to say like oh just pray for grace like what does that grace like actually look like in your life, like, obviously everybody's different. Mm. Nobody's exactly the same, but, um, I know I've heard some people talk about how, like, we are symphonically different, right? So, you might be different, I might be different, but we're all playing the same symphony here. Yeah. In this choir of God. I had never heard of that before. Yeah. That's actually a really good way of putting it. Yeah, I read that today in a book, and it really... (laughs) You know, because we're all meant to just kind of compile off each other. Yeah. Like in, you know, back to the Lord of the Rings, you know, Gimli says, you have my axe, and you have Aragorn, you have my sword, and you have uh, you have my bow. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all these parts that kind of come together. And so... Um, yeah, and like, God made us social creatures for a reason. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially, like, where two or more are gathered in my name, I'll be there. You know? Mm-hmm. So, what does it actually, like, look like to ask for grace and to kind of go out of Exodus and go into the desert, you know? What do you think? That's a good and tough question. Um, Well, I guess it would kind of view the desert in a very modern sense. Um, Just the the modern desert is secular culture, right? It's that's where we're put to the test. It's where many of us fall, uh, just because, you know, uh, we can fall into the same trap that the Jews in the desert did, where they feel that, where like they even forget what the Lord has done for them. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like also in that desert you have a play, you have a feeling of like I don't know where I'm going. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you just feel lost. You just, you have no idea. You have no idea how you got there. Mm-hmm. You have no idea where you're going. You have no idea how long this is going to take. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, as I was kind of starting on this journey of mine um, towards, you know, virtue, there are times in my life where I'm just like, I don't know where it is I'm going and what it is I'm doing. And I think the, the biggest thing for me was just learning that, like, that's okay and that's kind of part of it. Yeah. No, no for yeah. sure. Because God in that desert wants you to rely more on Him, yes. and not on your, yeah. not on your own uh, well-being. Because I believe in Scripture, 
don't know where, can't quote it, but it basically says something effective like the ways of man are lead to foolishness, but the ways of God are just. Yes. You know? Yeah. I mean, in fact, I'm pretty sure it says that in many places. In oh, scripture. yeah. Many places. <laughs> many places. But I can't many quote places, a single one. Yeah, no. Yeah, that's the whole yeah, spirit of the law, letter of the law. I get it. Mm-hmm. You know? But yeah. So the, uh, and then taking kind of that same concept to the individual human scale. Um, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Yeah. Yeah. But then you also have a scripture that says, um, though my flesh and my body may fail, the Lord is my rock. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'd recommend just memorize that verse because there are going to be times where you're going to be weak and you don't know how much longer you can take it. And if you just say that verse and believe it, um, you will find strength. Yeah. Yeah. And then something that I've always found interesting about, um, the, it's not even necessarily a metaphor. It's kind of just a fact of, uh, the spirit is willing with the flesh is weak is that the one thing about flesh is that it can be trained. It can be made stronger. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and kind of you go back to what St. Paul was saying, I don't train to shadow box, I train to win the race. Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. and that's also, like, that's part of the desert, you know, mm-hmm. you go there to train, mm-hmm. you know. So then, how do you train? How do you train? <laughs> Discipline. Exactly. You, the church has so many um, tools for this, right? Mm-hmm. You've got fasting, you've got penance, you've got, um, you know... Cold showers, mm-hmm. which I know everybody hates, but they work. Yeah. But, um, yeah, all the saints would learn how to fast, mm-hmm. you know, because it's, it's a denial of yourself. And it gets you into that state where, like, you don't know if you can make it. Um, but then you, this is, this is so cheesy. You don't know if you make it, but then you do. Yeah. You know, and it teaches you that you can actually go a little further. Mm-hmm. Right? So, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, like the harder you push yourself, like you can't know your limits until you push yourself. Yeah. And once you find those limits, now you know your target to break. Yeah. To go farther next time. Yeah. I know there's a big conversation today about how like our, our kind of culture of comfort is relatively brand new. Very brand new. Very brand new. Like you go back 50, 60 years, it was hardship. Mm-hmm. Like, guys would probably get about four or five hours of sleep a night. Mm-hmm. Food was not readily available. Um, yeah, this whole... And you go back another 50, 60 years, it gets even harder. Yeah, it's like, throughout the entirety of human history, man has suffered. Yes. Not and because he wanted to, because he had to. Yeah. I mean, like, everyone, for the most part, had to just do incredibly grueling hard work just to live. Yeah. But then it also, like, that reminds you that you are, like, human, Mm -hmm. you know, and you are part of, like, there is something that you rely on. Yes. You know, that's just not yourself. Yeah, and it just also, if you're ever scared of, as we're talking about discipline, you know, like, trying to just start one thing, like, if it's, you just want to make, you want to pray the rosary every day, or you want to take a cold shower from now on. If you're scared of that just because it might cause some kind of discomfort because it's like, oh, well, hot showers feel better or, oh, I just, I really want those 20 to 30 minutes to, that I would use to pray the rosary. It's like, well, humans are made for comfort. We're made for discomfort. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's sad that we've kind of lost that nowadays. Yeah. You know? Not for sure. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's just, you don't want to go, I'm just going to 
you know, put glass in my shoes and do all the stuff as penance. Like, no, yes. obviously, but as a form of fasting, you know, you maybe start with like, I was doing a consecration of St. Joseph where they would basically just ask you to give up one thing a day that you wanted, whether it's just like a, a, like a cookie that you could pick up yeah. or maybe it's a hot shower or maybe it's a nap or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, just do something small and um, don't just give it up just to give it up. Like verbally say that you are giving this up for the Lord mm-hmm. and acting as a sacrifice. Because then it just, it, it takes the focus off of you. Mm-hmm. And gives it to somebody else for exactly. their purpose. Yeah, and then I also really like to just give up one thing a day uh, for the Lord, just because you know it's very, it's very realistic. It's very attainable, and that's you know the um, hurdle some people trip on is that they go, okay, well, there's all these things in my life that I want to get rid of. So they go, okay, I'm gonna stop doing all of these things and start doing all of these things. And if you don't take those baby steps and build yourself up, you're not going to be able to maintain. Yeah. Because you can't just wipe out things from your life. Exactly. Things be different, right? Yeah. There has to be like a gradual change to things of like, I'm going to pull this thing out. I might introduce something like maybe mm-hmm. a prayer. Then I might pull another thing out. Maybe introduce another thing, you know? Yeah. Like habits are easier to build than to break. Yeah. So that's why I always recommend starting with, building a good habit and then once you have that habit built then start trying to stop a bad habit and then just keep going on that give and take to grow yourself yeah yeah so next up would be prayer mm-hmm. prayer is important and i know that i think the girls have talked about maybe doing a whole podcast episode on prayer mm-hmm. we can probably do like an introduction to what is it was important yeah well so um this might not be necessarily like a strictly catechismal definition, but I would say, you know, like prayer is you, is your time with God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, I think one thing that's really important to remember that not a lot of people think about is that like whatever you do, you will never know how overjoyed God is that you are just going to pray. Exactly. You know, like whether it's the rosary mm-hmm. or adoration the mass confession or just kneeling at your bed for five minutes mm-hmm. you will never know just how overjoyed the Lord is to see you even if it's just for five seconds mm-hmm. you know because I feel like a lot of people nowadays um, kind of feel like if I don't feel something good during prayer that my prayer was just like not good you know but that's not really how you're supposed to look at prayer you not know? at all yeah prayer should be I, I learned this a couple of weeks, like, I think last semester, where it's like, my prayer is not for me, it's for somebody else. Yeah. Whether it's for God, or if I'm praying for someone, I should be praying for that person, mm-hmm. you know? My prayer should never actually be about me, unless I'm in need of grace. Which is always. Yes. So. No, it's actually something that, um, I can't remember who said this either, uh, but something that really struck me that I heard once, is that, before mass, this man would always re- like recite to himself three times, just empty self, empty self, empty self, Lord, help me to fulfill your will. And that's really what it is, is in, like, I think, at least in my point of view, I think that is the ultimate struggle of the Catholic faith, is that emptying of self. 
to allow the Holy Spirit to come in and do its work. Yeah, yeah. Like you think about, like Jesus mm-hmm. in the in the agony in the garden. Exactly. Right. He did not want this at all. It was like the <laughs> one time that Jesus was actually stressing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he he asked genuinely, like Father, if it be your will, let me pass on to this. But then he immediately follows it with, "Not my will be done, but yours." Mm-hmm. You know, let myself be emptied so that you may live in me. You know, and that's. That's that goes along with we are supposed to be God to other people. You know, yeah. we can't be God to other people if we do not have God inside of us. Yeah, you know, and that's that it's not it's not always a good like a good feeling, or a not at all or a uh, a shining light inside. But I would say a well formed conscience is just a good indication that you may be on the right path. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Uh, the conscience is the inherent voice of God in us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Which it, which can be formed through consistent prayer. You know, not, you know, maybe sometimes it's long prayer, like if you have the opportunity to pray for two hours a day, go Wonderful. For, yeah, wonderful. Yeah. But I think the Lord honestly just values consistency and what do you call it? Authenticity? Yeah. Cons- yeah. Consistency, consistency and authenticity. Yeah. Yeah, because there's one thing to just kind of walk into the Adoration Chapel, and there's another thing to do actually, like, walk in there mm-hmm. and completely open your heart to the Lord. Yeah, and um, if you're praying... So a lot of people, when they hear authenticity, they're going to go, okay, so that's, like, not just reciting prayers, but yeah. meaning prayers. And one really huge thing is you... The Catholic Church has a lot of writings. It's been around for a while, so if there's... Any prayer that you really like, you can find something, I assure you, on it and just break down why each part of that prayer is the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I think another thing, I don't know if this is heretical or not, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. (laughs) I honestly think that it's better that if you walk into the Adoration Chapel and you have something on your heart that's like weighing you down, like, Lord, I'm having trouble like trusting you with this. Mm -hmm. Like, it's better to just reveal that and be open with it, with the Lord, than it is to just try to cover it up and act like everything's okay. Oh, no. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, because the Lord, the Lord is, like, truth, right? He is. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And if the truth is that you're having this unsettling feeling in your heart towards the Lord, the Lord wants to know that so he can mend with that. Mm-hmm. He can't, obviously, like, the Lord is all-knowing, right? Yes. He already knows that you are having this trouble. Mm-hmm. But he loves having your cooperation in it. And if you're not willing to open that up to him, then he'll respect that and say, okay, it's not time for that yet. But just having, I don't want to say humility, but just having the courage to just be like, Lord, I'm having this trouble and I really could use your help. Which is hard because people want to feel holy and they feel like if they don't, if they have this issue, then they're not holy, right? Yeah. Uh, Like you were saying, if you can't admit it, then you haven't truly accepted it yet. Until you accept something about yourself, you can't move on. If you just deny that it's there, then any attempt to remedy the problem is going to be half-hearted because you are denying that there is a problem to begin with. Yeah, yeah. And it makes you more of an authentic person. Exactly. Right? I I don't know if you ever noticed this, but like when I'm walking around, it just kind of feels like people kind of put on a mask. Okay. Of like, this is who I am in public. Mm-hmm. Um, in my life, when I 
kind of do this whole exercise with the Lord, just like this is how I'm feeling, right? It's easier for me to kind of express that person of who I am, wounds and all, to other people, right? No, it is. And I feel like I'm, I'm a more authentic person to everybody, and I feel like people appreciate that more. And I think that's what the Lord wants, right? Mm-hmm. To not be ashamed of our wounds, not be ashamed of our sin, to be able to walk around not hiding who we really are and to be open. Yeah. I mean, it helps us lead by example. Yeah. When we can admit our flaws and then show how we overcome them and yeah. how we are living the light in spite of that, it's inspiring to others. Mm-hmm. And it's super humbling, too. Yeah, very. Just to be like, I am actually, like, I am actually a person with wounds, but by God's grace, I am operating because of said wounds. You know, and my wounds don't define me. Not at all. Yeah. So, definitely would recommend adoration. Just kind of... I would also highly recommend adoration. Adoration. Rosary is good. Obviously, you can't get any better than the Mass. Our entire faith is based off the Eucharist. Which, this is a reminder to something I said earlier about how if there's any prayer that you really like, there are writings about it to break it down, to explain every part of it, to help you understand and mm-hmm. get more out of it. The Mass is one of those prayers. The Mass is a prayer that we recite once a week at least. And um, yeah, there are, there are plenty of writings on the Mass and what yeah. each part of the Mass is yeah. and why we do it. Yeah, I, I know I, like when I understand why we do things, it makes it makes the experience of doing it that much more beautiful. Exactly. You know? Because, like, you can learn about, like, how to do something, but until you understand why, you will never truly master that thing. Good to put it better myself. Yeah. So, prayer and fasting. Two tools recommend. I think, uh, I wouldn't say that we are good enough to be tour guides, but of this little... Exodus journey that God calls us all to be on. But um, I think when you look at scripture and you look at, you know, books like The Lord of the Rings or Narnia or something like that, you can kind of get the feeling of the mindset that you kind of have to have going into this, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like, I, I used to play football, right? And the guys who were good, like the guys in the NFL or in college, um, who were amazing at football had what they called it. They had it, basically. And it was just this mentality that, like, I don't care how big you are, I don't care how strong you are, I am going to dominate this field, right? Yes. And so what is this it on our spiritual journey, right? Does that make sense? No, it it makes sense. And I think, um, like, the only way for, or not the only way, but a very good way to figure out what it is is read about saints. Read the writings yeah. of saints. Like something I'm about to start on is reading through the Summa Theologica. Yeah, yeah. Which that's a lot. So if you don't like reading, maybe start with something else. But <laughs> then you have like I say one I recommend right now is Saint Therese of Lisieux. That's how you say it, right? Saint Therese. I think so. That's because I know some people like Saint Therese, Saint Teresa. I don't know. We're not saying Therese of But, um, yeah, just two... I'm sorry. Just her her big thing is just that she relied on the Lord. No questions. Right? And that is basically it with every saint. 
you know, St. Joseph basically had a dream from an angel saying, you're going to be betrothed to Mary, and I need you to go to, you need you to go several, several miles, you know, you're not going to know where you're going, right? And they just said, yes. That is unquestionable faith to the Lord, and that, to me, that is the it of the spiritual life. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, um, there definitely has to be like a, an attitude. I think there's a scripture somewhere that says when you, when you pray for things, pray with belief that you will get them so you don't pray in vain, right? Yeah. I cannot quote that. And if somebody like looks and looks at it, no, it's actually from this book. Well, the, the truth is the truth no matter who speaks it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, it's, um. It's it's a long journey that we both are still on, oh, yeah. that we will be on probably to the day we die, and for however long we spend in purgatory, pray like yes. pray to God we get there. If there's time in purgatory, yeah, that's a whole other episode. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole other episode. Yeah, but like, they're just they're like one of one of the theological virtues is hope, right? Mm-hmm. Faith, hope, and charity. Faith, hope, and charity. I don't know exactly. when did they ever. They used to be faith, hope, and love. When did they change it to charity? Which I know it means the same exact thing, but I'm used to the wording of faith, hope, and love, and... I don't know. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, but, like, just to have a hope that, like, God will get you through whatever it is that he's calling you to do, whatever your desert is, you know? Yeah. And the only warning I would give is just to also remember that uh, faith without action is meaningless. Hope alone is not enough. You... Like, you need hope, but you also need to do what you can, and just, the hope is that God will get you the rest of the way. Yeah. Yeah, hope is very important. So, I have no idea how long we've been talking for. Me either. It could be an hour. We could just talk for another ten minutes and just pop it there. Sure. Um, what's going on in your life, Wyatt? Um... <laughs> uh, recent grad I've been job hunting finally got a job yesterday actually that's good yeah awesome starting that this week it'll be a new chapter in my life yeah it's exciting yeah yeah probably a little concerning because you again you don't know where you're going <laughs> no yeah but just rely on the Lord yeah he'll, he'll get me where he needs me as long yeah, as I good. remain diligent keep an eye out yeah just keep an open heart Always discern. Always be discerning. Always be discerning. There's probably going to be a podcast episode on that, too. I'd be surprised if there's not. Yeah. What's going on in your life? Uh, you know, just, uh, grand night. Um, a lot of people need to help with St. Mary's, so I'm trying to do my best to help them out. Uh, service is good. Service. I'm trying to contemplate, um, the balance between helping people and also having free time. Yes. You know, helping people is a very good thing. And as we just discussed, you know, emptying self, getting that true and complete emptying of self is a very big Catholic goal. But at the same time, if you burn yourself out, you become useless to everyone. Yeah. Yeah, that that makes sense to me, but... Logically, but in practice. But in practice, it's like, you know, God promises to give us the graces mm-hmm. to do the things that he needs us to do. And there might be a time where he calls us to be, you know, on call 24 seven. Yeah. It, may, it might not last for an entire season, but 
I don't know. Maybe it, it, so. Yeah, like, like you said, you're always discerning, right? Yeah. Maybe there, like, there are some things that he actually is calling you to do, and then there's things that maybe you're just tacking onto yourself that you don't need. Yeah. And uh, something I've said previously, and I can't remember if that was the one quote of mine Karen said back in the second episode, but if you are ever feeling overwhelmed, it is important that you discern whether you're feeling overwhelmed because you've taken on extraneous things that you're not meant to take on or if it's because this is the moment that the lord has called you to greatness because none of us were made for mediocrity he made all of us for greatness and yeah. to share in his greatness yeah yeah i guess like me and karen just were just never were like quitting people not at all no yeah <laughs> we don't uh we don't quit easily and sometimes that's a that's our downfall um, you know, because you still want to say no to people, but you know, you can only we we are finite people with finite resources. Yes. Yeah. Good advice. You can't you can't help everybody. You cannot, as much as we want to. Yeah. So, any parting words? Um. You're hard to love, but you're worthy of being loved, and you are loved. Could have said it better. Yeah. Well, hope you all have a spiritually growthful week. Yeah. This was uh, what is the name of this book? Uh, Holy Spontaneity. Holy Spontaneity with um, usually Karen and Cameron, but this week is special when you get Wyatt and Caitlin. Yes. With something truly spontaneous. Very spontaneous. They asked us to do this about 15 minutes before we started recording. Yes. <laughs> so we uh, cracked a couple of beers and said, let's get to it. And you know, I think we did a pretty good job. Yeah. Good conversation. Good conversations for sure. Next time we promise to have a little <laughs> bit more content prepared. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, y'all have a good night and we will see y'all next week. Adios. Thanks for listening to Holy Spontaneity. Go ahead and give us a rate and review and download your favorite episode for easy listening on the go. Hey, might as well follow us on Instagram too, at Holy Spontaneity. See y'all next time.